Welcome to the Clarity Advisor Show, where you'll learn how to grow your team today. Join Ken Trupke and his guests as they discuss what works and doesn't work to grow your team in today's world. And now, your host, Ken Trupke. Hello, and welcome to the Clarity Advisor Show. Over the past year, we've had so many amazing guests talking about important topics. So as we begin our second year, I went back and collected some of the highlights. And in today's part one of a three-part series, we're going to focus on leadership and the importance of culture in building teams. There's no better place to start talking about teams than with leadership. And there's no person better to start the conversation around leadership than my good friend, Phil Sponsler. In episode two, Phil, a longtime manufacturing executive, shared the importance of courage in a leader. Being a leader, you have to have a high level of courage and, um, you know, courage to do the right things. And that's where it comes back to, you know, the purpose and values are a guide, but they're also, you know, great, great, great item to lean on when you have to make the heavy and hard decisions. I, I made two decisions that to terminate somebody's two key employees um, and it took less than a minute, less than a minute to make the decision because I just asked one question. Do these people represent our purpose and values? Mm-hmm. And they didn't. Yep. And they and they were egregious errors that they made. And so, um, you know, there that takes courage because you sit there and go, oh, my gosh, we've got to run the business tomorrow, too. So um, I'd have to say that uh, we have a lot of courage at Orbit Forum. And I think that if you, I don't know if there's a courage indice, but if you're somebody that doesn't like conflict or whatever in that, then um, you need to get it. You need to be able to make those tough decisions. And here's why, because the greater good is at risk. And that's why the purpose, when you care about people's security and the, the business security and the security for your customers that you want to be here and stuff, you can't allow you can't, you can't, there's no place for the cup to pass. You have to take a drink from that cup. And so I'd have to say courage is probably one of the biggest attributes. In episode 31, leadership expert Bo Short shared that leaders just need to make decisions. It, it's the same thing I tell leaders about decisions they make. One of the biggest problems I find in corporate America, they are in companies all over the world is the executive in charge of the decisions oftentimes afraid of making the decision because they're afraid they're going to make a bad decision. The reality is, if you're afraid you're going to make a bad decision so you don't make a decision, you're going to be out of a job anyway because you're not making decisions. And one of the things I tell leaders all the time is, listen, make a decision. Get all the facts you can get. Make a decision and step. You may not step this way. You may step this way. But what stepping that way does is introduce you to a different platform of decisions. Now you have all these other different criteria that you can use to make another decision. And so instead of being stuck, you go this way, to go this way, to go this way, to go this way, to go this way, and then you go up. It's, it's, it's like reading a book. It takes you to the next one. A decision takes you to new criteria. You can make a more refined decision. Stop being afraid of making decisions. In episode 11, former military leader and now sales trainer Joe Pons shared 
how leaders can't really get away with just yelling at people. Coming from a military environment, particularly the, the, the occupation that I had, I, it was a very much a, an order-based environment. You were told what to do. You may not have been told how to do it, but it was your job to make it happen. Well, well, that doesn't work very well. It only works with a very small, very small percentage of the population. And quite frankly, I think we we have in that regard we evolved. That way we understand that barking orders is just not the way to communicate to anyone. Now, that's not to say you need to soft pedal it because being direct and being very clear, but being polite, that always, always works regardless of where you come from, whether you're more task oriented or people oriented, whether you're faster paced, whether or not you're, like you said, you know, deliberative, you know, that's something that's timeless. It's a principle. You know, the fact is, is that most of the time we use too many words. You know, we, we, as, as my grandfather would say, you know, why are you going around grandfather Robin Hood's barn? You know, this is what you need to say. You know, what's, what's the question behind the question? In episode 19, Matt Baxter, a young entrepreneur, shared what he learned about not being clear as a leader. One of the biggest mistakes I make as a leader, uh, you know, often is uh, not necessarily giving clarity, um, as much clarity as I think I do. Um, I'm a communicator and I'm, I, I'm an ideas person. Um, and I am much more of a founder than a CEO, which is probably its own other podcast as well. Um, but I'm somebody who loves big ideas, loves streaming big, loves putting sort of big picture things into place. And sometimes when it comes to, okay, I need somebody to be the operations behind this, I don't necessarily give them the clarity that they need. And that's less around necessarily hiring and firing, but it's more around how to build a great team that sort of knows the vision and knows what they're going for. And so there's definitely been plenty of times I've been smacked in the face where, wow, okay, that was my fault because I didn't give clarity. Uh, I, I didn't give the clarity that people need. Here's Bo Short again, sharing the difference between appeasement and leadership. Well, I think, I think part of it's our culture today. This isn't a political statement at all. It's just a cultural statement. We have a tendency, we, 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 we have allowed feelings to kind of trump a lot of things. And so we have a feeling, uh, we have this tendency not to hurt people. We don't feel it. Well, when your business needs to live by certain principles to accomplish certain goals, you can't appease people. You can't, you can, we, we have a, we, because we don't want to hurt people's feelings, we don't critique them properly at work. We don't tell them the truth about where they are versus where they should be. We have a tendency to solve other things. And, and a prime example is at the, at the root of leadership. So if you, if you picture a scale, and I'm talking about leadership acumen, I'm not talking about quality of people. If it's a one to 10, 10 being incredible leaders, one being people that just don't even care about leadership. And you find that the boss or the person that does the hiring, for example, is a five. Generally, they recruit threes and fours into the organization because threes and fours makes a five feel better. If, you're, if your boss is a seven, they generally recruit eight, nines, and tens because it makes them better. Fives and sixes have a tendency to appease people more. They don't want to hurt their feelings because they're, they're, they may not like that. Whereas a seven or, or beyond has a tendency to tell people the truth about where they are in, a, in an empathetic kind way but the truth, and when they do, it makes the whole organization better. You have to learn to lead people. People, by their nature, are followers. I'm a follower. 
all leaders are followers. They just showed really good discernment early on in whom to follow. So they were able to become the leader. So, so it's not about protecting people's feelings. It, it's, about, it's about equipping someone to become better at what they do so the organization becomes better and that person you're helping becomes better. In episode 24, author and sales trainer Harry Spate shared what he learned about motivating teams from a weekend Mary Kay convention. One thing that I really, I think, helped me so much in my career is I went to a Mary Kay conference with my wife. And I'm telling you, I learned so much about the, you know, patting people on the back, the support, you know, the emotional support, just being a person that is cheering people on. And I really became a cheerleader for my team. So I went from just do your job, sort of like a Bill Belichick type person to come on, guys, let's go. We're going to have some fun. Let's make it happen. We make it happen, right? And I, used, I used to do chants. I came up with a chant, a C-H-A-N-T. I came up with a chant for the team, and we would sing it. And I'm telling you, the whole team bought into it. We would wear the same color shirts at, for our uh, company meetings, and we built this incredible camaraderie that I will never forget as to and i had such an eclectic group of people um and it was just a total blast so the mary Kay experience if you guys have not (laughs) ever met any of these people they are special and uh, it definitely changed my whole leadership style and one more time here's bo short sharing what leaders really need to do to be the guy if you have to be the guy and when i say guy i mean man or woman If you have to be the guy, you'll never be the guy. If you're willing to shine that spotlight on other people and uplift them and recognize them and make them the guy, you'll always be the guy. Because people so appreciate the fact that you give them credit for the things that go well and you take the heat for the things that don't. And and when I was younger, I wanted to make sure that people knew I did that. And, and that's not a healthy thing to do, nor is it proper in, in, in real servant leadership. In servant leadership, it's one of the beat up statements in the world and, and people don't fully understand it. But it, it, it really is a matter of serving other people. Um, so the one thing I learned early on was, was learn how when things go well to give that credit to other people. And when things don't go well to absorb that for yourself. Because the people around you are smart, they understand what's happening, and they so appreciate the fact that you're helping uplift them in good times. Um, I, I think that was that was a real critical misstep I made early on. And finally, from episode 34, my good friend and performance coach, Michelle Steffes, shares that it's always about the people when it comes to leading. You know, my, my favorite motto is it's all of, always about the people. It is. It's always about the people. And so often that's overlooked. But your people on your team are the ambassadors to your vision. And if you're willing to get behind them and support them in every way, okay, that you possibly can, obviously you can't hold their hand all the time, but as much as you can support them personally and professionally and be honest with them and help them to win, the more your organization is going to win. And that's what this is all about. Is your business where you want it to be? or on track to get there? 
Clarity Advisors helps business leaders improve communication and get your team aligned and engaged for greater success. We specialize in helping you streamline your sales and operating systems to improve efficiency and grow your profits. Call or text Ken at 616-822-2998 to have a complimentary 12-minute call to see what some clarity could do for you. Paying attention to culture is a critical piece to building great teams. Back in episode eight, Daryl Dixon, CEO of Valentry, shared why culture is so important in business. Um, the, the absolute uh, most important underlying um, theme is um, to be values-based. And, um, you know, most companies have values. Um, we certainly have values, but um, we take it a step further. First of all, in our logo um, for the word Valentry, there's an I. Um, the, the dot on top of the I, if you look at it, is actually an inverted triangle. And the reason it's an inverted triangle is because our organization structure is an inverted triangle, meaning that those that are client facing and interface directly with the clients are at the top of our organization. Uh, our middle management is in the middle of the triangle and I am at the bottom of the triangle. And so we are big believers in servant leadership. Um, we try to practice that and, and remind people of that on an ongoing basis. The other thing we do as it relates to the values is, um, uh, each one of our monthly management meetings actually starts out with one of the team members picking a value and talking about it. It might be associated with an article or a book, um, but I call it taking the values off the wall. Many, many companies, um, you can walk in and you'll be in their lobby and you can see their values. Um, the employees know they're there, but they walk by them every day, but they're not part of the actual culture and operation of the company. So we make it a point to um, include a values um, kickoff in terms of each one of those meetings and it's rotated. So it doesn't matter if you're a support person, um, if you're a lead person, if it's me, um, when it's my turn, I do a values, a uh, little values talk and um, each one of us do. And um, there's no question that, you know, we believe in values and, you know, the key thing from a leadership standpoint is um, you've got to walk the talk people. You can't fool people. Um, you know, I, I come from a healthcare background. Um, when you work with uh, touchy feely people for a long time, they know whether you're, you're the real deal or not. So, um, so anyway, th those values are really important. Walking the talk is important, but taking the values off the wall I found is, is just paramount. From episode 17, coach James Mayhew shared the two things that leaders need to do. Uh, we, we did a number of things right, clearly, because we we were successful, but we also did a number of things quite wrong. And and one of the things that I think that we took for granted was the hiring process. And and can I would I would say this, this is one of those areas where it could be debated. I'm pretty strong and dug in on these two uh, on these two primary responsibilities that every leader has. Number one, it's to hire well. Because we know that if we hire poorly, things really can get off track. We can disrupt teams. We can disrupt entire departments. Um, and if we hire right and we continue to bring in the right people, then we are, are disrupting it. We're adding to that. And as you have A players, they don't want to be surrounded by other B or C players. They want to be surrounded by A players also. So it's really important to get hiring right. The second piece of that is, is that we want to cultivate and defend or protect the culture that we're trying to create. 
In episode six, franchising expert Chris Wilson shared the importance of finding the right people. I think the first thing is is understanding what type of roles you're trying to fill and what personalities will do best in those roles. So for example, um, with the uh, front desk employees, they're going to spend a lot of time on the phone and in front of people. So they have to be a people person. So if you walk into the interview and they're just kind of, you know, not very high energy, that's probably not someone that's going to do well in that role because in that role, you need to have a lot of energy. You have to be able to empathize with the person who you're speaking to, um, understand what's going on and do the job efficiently. Uh, with the Pilates instructors, it's a little different because uh, Pilates is a very sort of um, a very, how would you say, you, you need to be certified at 500 hours is what our instructors need. So those people aren't just walking around on trees, right? Like they're not falling off of trees. So when you find uh, one who's good, you have to take care of them, make sure that they understand that you're here to stay and uh, have their best interest in mind. Uh, but then you also have to, because you're running a business, worry about the schedule uh, and the rate that they're being paid and all of that. So what we tried to do was build a community where uh, folks we're happy to come to work and happy to serve our clients. Um, of course, we made some mistakes along the way, hiring folks that um, maybe we didn't get the best feeling from in the interview, but um, for one reason or another went forward anyway. And sometimes it could be one step forward and two steps back. And so we learned that pretty quickly. Uh, we came up with what we thought were um, requirements that was must-haves. And if you didn't have them all, we didn't I'll bring you in. From episode 39, Fractional Chief Operating Officer Jen Hamilton shared the importance of surrounding yourself with people who are a fit for your culture. One of the things that has happened post-COVID and Great Resignation is it made us all really aware, not just as people that are hiring teams, but as being someone that's in the, in the world, working world, is how important it is to surround yourself with, I'll call it your people, that the culture, like you were just saying, is the collective of the behaviors. If you're the one that doesn't fit, it, it does not bode well. And people just know, I got other options. I'm going to go other places. We've seen that evolve over time, but it got really intensified with the with the pandemic and having this realization that life is short. Is this really what I want to do? Is this who I want to be with? Is this what I want to wake up every day and be in this environment? So one of the ways to win, if you will, in business and win because of your team being so great is to create a very supportive culture around your core values. So one quick tip, if you have not, take the time to define your core values and really do that collectively. Redefine it, define it. What does it look like? What does it not look like? And having your team buy into the values, those who don't fit will self-select out or you might help them out. Um, but it also will really help with recruiting and retaining because you want to lean into who we are. Is somebody who may be great in a public accounting would not be so great in a Zappos crazy environment. You know, I'm more, I'm more reserved, I'm a little more conservative. So to be somewhere where it's just like, you know, that's, Party, it feels like a party zone would not work for me, even though I could be a good employee in both. So knowing that your employees match your culture, you want your culture to be forward in your recruiting, in your retaining also, because you don't want to say one thing. And we're seeing this now that people understand, oh yeah, culture is a thing. So I'm going to recruit on it. And then the people that they were attract to get in, I'm like, this is nothing like you said. So you can't just say it, you got to live it. And that's why it starts with building 
that awareness of who we are and, and what are those behaviors, like you said, Ken, what are the key behaviors that defines our success, the types of things that we do individually and thus as a team that causes our success? In episode 16, business veteran Randy Joppy shared what he learned about building relationships with a remote work team. This comes down to relationship is where I think that in order to function properly, I need to make sure that these people respect me, they understand me, but more importantly, I respect them and I understand them. Because this, this remote work life that we are all experiencing, um, we've slowly tried to bring everybody back, but they still don't come back. Um, they'll come back a day or two, but not everybody the same day. So you end up with all these virtual meetings. And I don't try to start every meeting with the guts of the meeting. I need to get a temperature of the people. If they were in the room, I could read their body language. I could have maybe run into them in the hallway um, earlier in the day and you get a little feel, hey, we're still on at two o'clock, right? Yeah, that's great. And you know, you can see the stress on their face or not. And the real challenge about this is that the, the, the screen pops open and we're live, right? And everybody's busy, especially in the employee benefits business, the fourth quarter is the busiest time of the year. So I really have to be super conscious about reaching out and, and kind of like pulling the wall down a little bit and just finding out how they're doing today. What's your workload? What's your time frame? And, you know, and then I, I work very hard to be succinct with agendas because once the small talk is done, the two or three minutes at the front end, just kind of to get everybody comfortable, then, you know, let's, let's pop through this. And the preparation is, is so very important. So we're not solving offline issues when we're using everybody's uh, time. And back to Jen Hamilton to wrap us up with why it comes down to having the best team. The biggest thing that has changed is that in, in the past, you could capitalize on the market because of maybe your access to capital or you had the latest, greatest technology. Now it's all about the workforce. How you win and how you compete is having the best team. And the other thing that has changed on the other side of it, which makes it even more challenging, is that the, the engaging your team, retaining your team, attracting the highest quality of team members is one of the greatest challenges that we see across the board, across industries, that is really tr tough on these businesses, especially in the small business world, because one bad hire has such a stronger ripple effect than in a large company. But the same thing happens with one good hire. Okay, that wraps it up for part one of our three-part series, looking back on the highlights from our first year at the Clarity Advisors show. Please take a moment to leave a five-star review on the platform you are listening or watching on, and we will see you next time for part two on the Clarity Advisors show. Thank you for listening to the Clarity Advisors show. Clarity Advisors is a speaking, training, and consulting firm specializing in helping you simplify your sales and operating systems to improve efficiency and grow your profits. Connect with Clarity Advisors today to learn more about how they can help you improve communication and get your team aligned and engaged for greater success.